Hey everyone, welcome to season four of Faith in It with Kay. Y'all, I'm so grateful that God trusts, he trusts me with this platform. Last February when I started this podcast, I, I just knew I had something to say. And I thought just maybe there were people out there who wanted to hear it and wanted to talk back to me and (laughs) you know this podcast was started out of a desire to hear uh the black millennial christian voice speak on blackness and our faith walk so colliding with those social things that are happening um and our faith what does that look like i wanted to hear conversations that spoke on the interaction of the intersection of faith and blackness answering questions like do i need more faith as a black christian is there still a difference in the journey is there still a difference in the journey for a black christian versus a white christian because if we're honest we know there's a difference in the journey between a black and a white person um if you don't know god we know that without a doubt that there's a difference in that journey So I wanted to explore, is there still a difference when we come to God? Is there still a difference between the black Christian experience and the white Christian experience? This podcast, honestly, is just, it's for the socially woke Christian. It is for that Christian that's like, like, I see what's happening in the world. I don't subscribe to it. I don't succumb to it, but I see what's happening and I I see how it's affected me and I want to have those, I want to talk about those things. I want to have those conversations because if we're not able to acknowledge it, then we can't change it. So that's what this podcast is about. So I'm excited that you're here for season four. And, you know, it's been really crazy to kind of get inquiries for people who want to be a guest on the podcast. So if you want to be a guest on Faith in It with Kay, like you're like, hey, Kay. You know, I have a story that I'm going to tell. I want you to go ahead and email me. I'm going to make sure that every single way that you can connect with me is in the show notes. So uh, podcast, email, uh, social media platforms, all of that will be in the show notes. I want to hear from you. If you want to be a guest, I want you to reach out and just let me know. Hey, I like what's I like this platform. I like what's happening. I want to I want to talk. I want to talk to your audience about my journey, my faith walk. And if you want to join uh, our email list, go ahead and check the show notes again for how you can reach out to me and say, hey, Kay, I want to be a part of the email list. Now, the email list, I'm not going to super spam you because I don't like spammy emails. But the thought is um, maybe two to three times a month, you'll get an email from me. So it could be an email of something that's coming up. So um, maybe episode, maybe I'll send you um, early listening for new episodes. Maybe it'll be email. Um, if you need prayer, reaching out and saying, hey, keep this in prayer and creating a, an email list to where we, we keep each other in prayer and keep each other lifted up before um, God because we know that there's power in touching and agreeing. Not necessarily physically touching, but touching in the spirit and agreeing um, with each other's needs. So I want 
us to create that community where we are praying for each other. We are interceding and standing in the gap for each other. We're encouraging each other um, as we're walking through our different journeys. So if you're interested in being a part of email list, make sure you send me an email, DM me, however you want to do it, um, and say, hey, I want to be a part. And as always, please continue to subscribe, to share, to comment, uh, leave reviews. Like, I want to hear from you. Um, it's been amazing to kind of like get some, all these amazing feedbacks, honestly. Um, but yeah, I want to hear from you. So please go ahead and check out the show notes and contact me. Like, I want to hear from you. I want us to interact Uh, I want us to build season four and moving forward into a community. So I'm excited that you're here for season four. I'm excited for the guests. I'm excited for the message. I'm excited for the encouragement. I'm excited for the prayer. I'm excited for what God's about to do. Um, Because 2021 started out real crazy, Um, (laughs) y'all. But we serve an awesome God who's able to do all things but fail. So I'm excited for what he's going to do in your 2021. So no matter what it looks like, just to know that he's going to come through and he's going to come through in a mighty way for you because he's in the season right now of just elevation. It's, everything is happening super fast. Um, it's no longer that need to, um, to wait. <laughs> and I think what it is, is we've been waiting. We've, he's been preparing us. Um, if we've allowed that to happen, he's been preparing us. We've been waiting. We've been anticipating. Um, and I think for many of us, we're walking into our now. We're walking into our now season. And I'm super excited. I'm super excited to watch God work and to see what God has planned for 2021. So go ahead and stay tuned. And like I said, subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on social media because um, I have a couple more things that I plan on doing this year. And I want you to be the first to know about it, the first to be a part of it. So I'm excited. So keep listening. I have so much. (laughs) Uh, Some awesome guests, really, for you in uh, season four. So make sure that you're listening, you're sharing, um, and you're reaching out to me and saying, hey, Kay, I like that episode. Uh, I didn't like that episode. Uh, Can we talk more about this right here, Kay? I want to hear from you. I hope you're ready to finish part two of my conversation with Miss Brittany B. So we're picking up, well, almost exactly where we left off uh, last week. Go ahead and keep listening. One thing that I say as an educator, and I say this to the entire staff, once a child learns how to read, he or she no longer has to accept what's being told to them. I don't care if the child picks up the comic book of their choice or the Bible. They just know, they just can know it for themselves. You know, and Mm. we know that reading is so powerful that many of us, people of color, lost our lives when it was discovered we knew how to read. So yeah. knowledge yeah. has always been a weapon yeah. that they have kept from us. And like you said, these slave owners were yeah. e- evangelical leaders and religious leaders that fed, you know, 
pain and sorrow and lies to keep people captive, to rape people, to kill children's, uh, to kill people's babies, to, as a sport, to have others, you know, fight to the death as a sport. It was just so many terrible, gruesome things that was done under the, the guise of, you know, I have this power, you know, this God given power. Right. Um, But again, once you could read for yourself and strip it down for yourself and know for yourself and know the message of Christ is love. Like we learned, you know, in 2020, it is that Christianity is, there's some action that we have to take and we have to have, start having hard conversations. Like we, you know, what does love look like? If we, if we proclaim love, you know, what does love actually look like? What does, cause we, we, you know, we talk about agape love all the time in the church, but why, why aren't we trying to extend that towards everyone else? Like, you know, not people, just people who look like us, who, who worship the way we worship, who, but just people, <laughs> um, because the mandate is just to love people um no matter what love people and I think like that's one of the things like we were really challenging uh 2020 like I know I was mm-hmm. like the president challenged me oh he challenged me and they all still the challenged in Congress me. challenged they someone uh posted me. on social media <laughs> a fake like cash app request to Mitch McConnell's like a request for two thousand dollars <laughs> I thought that was funny <laughs> When I think about Kentucky as a state, and I'm like, does Mitch McConnell know? Just think about, I think about Louisville, how poor and and bad and, you know, the violence is, you know, there. And I'm like, does he even have an idea about his constituents? I I think a lot of it is the disconnect of who's representing us. Um, And and so they, and a lot of, we and we talk about white privilege. A lot of white people are yeah. <laughs> have older white people um, have difficulty identifying yeah. white privilege because that's all they know. That's how they were raised, so they didn't understand that it was privilege. But I right. didn't know as a child, you know, watching Dawson's Creek or watching, you know, uh, Buffy or Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I get that these white children were privileged. I just was like, oh, that's white life and this is black life. But I think that they don't, you know, they'll say, well, it makes no sense for someone to be poor and can't pay their bills and living off the system because my dad got it by their bootstraps and made it happen. Yes, your dad did, but your dad had a certain amount of privilege just because of his color. The banks gave him lower interest loans. You know, he was able to buy homes. He was able to get loans to open a business. His business was not violated by other people. You know, for years, Black people would try to have the Black Wall Street was burned down, you know. So they don't realize that just the (laughs) opportunity, just by being white, that's your privilege because those opportunities, you know, and I'm a person too. I, I, I can say I, for one month, I was on welfare. It was, oh gosh, it was t- over 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, I have gotten food stamps. I've had had, yeah. you know, uh, state health assistance by the grace of God and my faith in Jesus and my yeah. spirituality. 
and my hard work, I did pick myself up by the bootstraps. I did let my faith become actions. I did bet on me. I did learn to manage better in life because I think a lot of us, many of us face emotional violations before we learn how to Mm. manage those challenges or before we come equipped with that. And some of those emotional violations result in, you know, the having the need for public assistance, not having self-esteem to say, I'm going to apply for this job because I deserve it and say, you know what? Well, I, I could just do this to get by. Right. Not, you know, not being confident. And I feel that, Once you get over that, it can change your life. So it, it's a it's a double edged sword for me because I've been on both sides. Um, yeah. And now that I'm on the other side, and I saw yeah. how easy it was, it was. Now I do understand that some people have a struggle, but for me, it was about faith and putting faith into action and and, yeah. and manifesting and affirming, believing, being bold in who I was and going out there and get what I know is already mine. The If, if we want to talk religion, we want to talk about the Bible. The Bible teaches us that we are, you know, kings and queens and we have access to the throne and all of these riches and glory are yeah. ours. So Jesus even said that you will create greater things yes. than me myself and, and I think about something so simple like a cell phone Jesus was not holding no cell phone in his hand but here we are mm. on phones and laptops and everything <laughs> my my oh. phone right now is charging by just sitting yes. on uh, this circular device right you know and, and we all of that capability everything yeah. around us came from a person's mind but they had to decide to bet on them and put it out there. Yeah. So like I said, I'm on both sides of the fence because yeah. I didn't sit and complain and say, oh, it's so hard because it's a struggle. I was just like, I'm not struggling no more and I'm going to do it. You know? Um, yeah. And another thing I'm going to say, yeah. I feel like along with education, money is dangerous. When I look at the Jewish community and how they receive reparations, Mm. I look at the Japanese community, how they receive reparations after what was done to them in World War II by America. And then I look at the black community and how we still haven't gotten our 40 acres and a mule um, to even farm our own land. And it's just like, you know, capital along with intelligence are very, very dangerous weapons. So, Mm. you know, some people have been so wise with the extra money that we got, you know, in the first round of the stimulus and open businesses and did this and did that, whatever, you know, and some people just are going to buy TVs and clothes and take trips and get those BBLs. Um, But um, I just think that sometimes holding money from poor communities or people in need is a tactic to keep them oppressed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I firmly, I firmly agree uh, that 
that's exactly like even you know the public assistance system i think is truly meant to keep people poor because depending on, on your level of education and where you are sometimes it is that you want to pull yourself up but if you make still below the poverty line but a certain amount over then your assistance is not there. So then you're still hungry, you're still doing... And like, I think at the end of the day too, it's like some people, it's difficult because struggle is difficult. Um, and that acknowledgement that <laughs> struggle is, seems to be consistent for a period anyway. Um, there's, a, there's a period of, or a season of struggle that I think we all go through, but just recognizing that it's just a season, it's just a period. And I think sometimes we're afraid of struggle we're afraid of like really going through like that space. I of, think like, that sometimes not, people like, have really been comfortable enough, with like, it. I think that not enough. And like you said, kind of like you know, you spoke about a season. So I think us who know Christ or us who have some type of base in faith, yeah, know that it's a season, know that it's temporary. But I think us that don't know yeah. any better get accustomed and they think it's a no. damnation. I'm always going to struggle. I'm always going to be poor. It's always going to be bad. Yeah. I'm never going to yeah. get my foot up. And because they think that they create more, they dig their hole deeper and deeper into the struggle. Um, yes. Just because they haven't been exposed to anything yes. else, but struggle. If struggle is all around you, you know, if yes. everybody is pronouncing spaghetti, spaghetti or whatever, your whole life all around you, that's what you're going to be accustomed, of, <laughs> yeah. accustomed to until you get exposed to something different. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Like that exposure, it's, it's, I'm recognizing as I grew up that it is the most important thing along with reading, like you said, like really educating ourselves, but like educating our kids, but also exposure like exposing them beyond like I don't care if you're in the ghetto not by the your kids to outside of the ghetto like this is this is what's possible and don't let the this TV educate your children you have to stay like <laughs> it is called oh, like no, some no, of the no, things no, that please. as an adult <laughs> I'll go back and you know like we have like this Disney plus now and all of these streaming services and I am not a television person at all but yeah. Every blue moon, I'll say, you know what, let me watch a television program or whatever. And just to see some of the things that they allow and we yeah. get it in our brain and think that it's normal and think that's okay. And I use the, I call it the love and hip hop syndrome. And I say that if we're in the ghetto yeah. and yeah. we think we're conditioned to think that money gets you out of the ghetto, Right. You know, we're not always conditioned to think that being smart, being knowledgeable, mm. reading, you know, your sources, your ability, your your gifts is what's yeah. going to get you out of the ghetto. Like people like I get not as much as and I tell people all the time when they say, what do you do? I said, I do work, but for more, I feel like my brain power, my solutions, my yeah. vision is what I bring to the table. And that's because I'm knowledgeable. Right. But we're not taught that. We're taught yes. like we need money. We need a big payday. We see people that win the lottery or, or get a lawsuit, get out the ghetto, and we think like that's it. Yes. So when that or people that you know like come up on a record deal yes. or whatever like that, and we 
they don't leave that ghetto mentality. And when I say ghetto mentality, this is what I mean. If I see a person with Gucci, Chanel, Prada, diamonds, and all of that, that signifies money, right. living in a good house, a nice car, and they're fussing right. and cussing and you know, putting each other down and, mm. you know, doing toxic, uh, uh, showing toxic yeah. behaviors. And I'm watching this all day long. I'm going to think yeah. that when I get money and I get out of the ghetto, it's acceptable to behave like this. And we're not knowing the behind right. the scenes that in these people contracts, they have right. to have, you know, so many fights per season or they have to do this and have to do that. Right. And I yes. and I say it, yes. that it's the love and hip hop mentality because, yes. you know, that's one thing that for black television programming, one thing that has always been entertaining to the masses is to see us behave in in a, you know, less than. Yes. Yeah, like, and I think I think about remember James Human. Amos, yeah. the father on Good Times, and he. One reason why he yes. walked away yes. from the show was because he was like, "Why is so much emphasis being put on JJ's buffoolery when it could be emphasis put on Michael and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and his other daughter? You know, his other daughter. She had career." Thelma, Thelma. I was about to call her by a real name. But yeah, they had career aspirations. They were smart. They were artists. You know, they were doing good. But all of this attention was going on for JJ. You know, they made JJ the star of the show because they did not want to highlight other things. So, yeah, I I just... You know, yeah. I could, you know, I talk. My yeah. gift is the gift of gab. About oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So my platform, <laughs> my company is the Spiritual and Bougie Way. The Spiritual and Bougie Way is a multi-dimensional, multi-dimensional mm-hmm. platform where I offer a blog, a podcast, and I offer my, of course, okay. creative services and merchandise as i mentioned before i am my merchandise is all in the works i'm very cautious about how i present myself to the world how i want to show up when when what i want to associate my name with so when it comes to putting out a product to people i'm being very very i'm taking my time because the money is going to come the sales are going to come i only get one shot to put the right thing out so I'm, I'm yeah. taking notes and studying. Um, my my blog is just me putting my words on the internet. Sometimes it might be a poem. Sometimes it might be a prayer. Sometimes it might be a story. And that can be found on my website as well. My podcast is Conversations with B. Okay. Like, um, my name is Brittany. Everyone calls me B affectionately. Yes. Um, and it's spelled B-E-A. And my podcast is everywhere where you could find a podcast. Uh, I have uh, Instagram. (laughs) I have Facebook. I have YouTube. I am not the best at YouTube and I am not the best at Twitter, but I am learning. My handles are The Spiritual and Bougie Way. 
Yes. I spell bougie, B-O-U-J-E-E. And I have a fan page on Facebook. It's my spiritual and bougie gym gang. And those are people right now I'm at over 500. So I have like so many people supporting me and showing love and things like that. Again, you know, it's all the blessing because you being a creative and creating your podcast and saying, I'm going to put myself out there. And even if one person listens or a thousand people listens, you're still touching someone. Someone still needs to hear. So it's all a blessing. I always, I'm not going to say I always wanted a podcast, but I always wanted to to share my point of view with the world, whether it was through my writing or through talking to another person or through sharing my story. And I started listening to podcasts. My first podcast I listened to was Angela um, Ray, Angela Ryan. Sorry. Yeah. And he was interviewing Congresswoman, Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Yeah. And from that podcast, I learned that Maxine Waters started off like she was a Head Start teacher. She worked for Head Start. So that resonated with me because at the time I was teaching for Head Start. And I was like, I said, auntie, a whole Congresswoman now. Okay. And I was like, I work for Head Start too. I'm not just a Head Start teacher. I'm not limited in what, you know, my occupation tells me to be. That was the first podcast I listened to, and then I started listening to more podcasts. And when I, I know it's going to sound simple, but when I realized like you didn't have to be famous to have your own podcast, be a regular person, I was like, I'm going to do that. I want that too. Um, And then I met someone through work who was into podcasts, and I had shared it. I put it out there when I first moved to the area with my mentor. When I met my mentor, I told her that having my own podcast is something I wanted to do. I was just, you know, trying to still figure it out. So I met someone through work who was into podcasts, too. She and I uh, worked together and I learned grateful because I learned a lot from her about podcasts because she had people in her network that had had their own podcast. And she and I had a podcast. It was successful. It lasted for one season. And we had a difference of visions and we are two we are two different types of creatives so we went our separate ways and I think too Mm. in doing business with someone and this is just some insight I don't believe in giving people advice but this is an observation from my experience yeah when doing business with people you have to really know the person you can't re- rely on what you think you know or what you h- hope yeah, for. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times when it's when it's over, what's disappointing more is like that dream that you had in your brain of, of who this person was or what it could be or what you wanted to do because that dream is now, you know, so to speak, dead. I think that's the um, br- heartbreaking part about it. But I do think that we all have to, when working with others, have to learn like, okay, this is what I observe. This is what I hear. You know, we have the right to ask questions based off of our observations, especially when you feel like things aren't, you know, aligning. And then it's okay to decide like, okay, we are not the same or our vision is different or 
you know, maybe I need to take a different yeah. direction and, um, you know, and it's okay. And you don't have to focus on that. You don't have to dwell on that. You can just, you know, continue in peace. But from that experience, I did learn that. And I think yes. part of me starting my podcast was a partner was that lack of confidence and wanting to, you know, like being afraid to just do it on my own and needing that crutch. Yeah. Um, but again, I learned so much from that experience. Yes. And remember, I told you 2020 taught me to keep going. So when it ended, I was like, well, okay, so what now? What? And I was like, this is, it's a difference between yes. an interest <laughs> and a calling. Sometimes you can be interested in something and you pick it up. It's like a toy. You play with it. You deal with it. You experience it. And once you're finished with it, yeah. you're finished with it. But when you have a calling on your life, you can't you yeah. can't stop. So, you know, I decided to keep going and right. I prayed and prayed and prayed for clarity yes. of how to keep keep going. It wasn't always clean um, because it was a yes. transition period and it was a difficult yes. transition period. But I got through that and and oh my gosh once I got through that and I and I listened to God and I just said you know the your will is well with my soul the flood is open so yeah that is that is yeah yeah my platform the spiritual bougie way my podcast conversations with B again I have my blog um, you know, my merchandise store is going to be opening soon. I have my creative uh, services that I offer. Yeah. And that's a little bit of my journey. My, my, my platform is all about letting your passion drive you towards meeting your journey, meeting your purpose on this journey. And I yeah. call my journey the B-way. Because that's the only way I know. It's my life, my yes. journey, my way. And the only way I know is my yes. way. So, you know, again, yes. it, it's, it's a non-negotiable for me because it is, it is leading me to my purpose. You know, because I'm just like, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. And I don't think I gave you this question. Okay. Um, so you might have to spitball it off one that I did give you. Um, but I wanted to ask you it's and maybe it's more like a request statement um, to just take a moment to kind of think about 12 year old Brittany and like take a moment think of her and just to to speak to her um take a moment to speak to 12 year old Brittany and then once you're done speaking to 12 year old Brittany can you take a moment to just speak to the 12 year old and every listener so thinking about 12 year old Brittany who was she what was she like and then now looking back at her, what would you like to tell her? And then can you tell the 12 year old? So I can remember 12 year old Brittany, 12 <laughs> year old Brittany was in sixth grade. I transitioned from one school mm. to another school because we had moved houses and we went from renting to owning. And I remember 
having some challenges with my hair that year. Yeah. I remember distinctly having um losing some of my hair. Um I was very, very self-conscious about my appearance. I had a horrible allergic reaction um, with eczema and it was just all over my face, all over my body with my allergies, with eczema on top of allergies. Um, and dairy products wow. were making it worse. Well, wow. oh, you know, wow. it's, it's, it's ironic because I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but I remember having this pair of overalls from JCPenney and that being my favorite thing to wear. So I want to say my, like my first mm. day at my new school, I had my hair in two pigtails. I had my overalls and I went to my school. I remember my classmate, Mario, yeah. God rest his soul. He passed away this year due to COVID. That's when I met him. Yeah. I remember he was in my class. Um, yeah, and I remember going to the new school. He was, you know, one of my first friends. We were in Miss Hunter's class at Garnflow Elementary in Biloxi. Um, and I just remember being happy and playing. I remember being 12 was my first experience liking a boy, um, like really, really like liking a boy. And, um, it was my yeah. first experience having an attitude. I remember when I was 12, my mom had said, you, you're getting an attitude, but I was hanging with, I was exposed to a girl that had an attitude by going to my new school. Um, what I would tell 12-year-old yeah. Brittany was that, wow, stay grounded in your beliefs. Because I wasn't grounded in my beliefs and really who I was at the time, I was yeah. easily influenced. Very, 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 very gullible, very yeah. easily influenced. So I would tell Brittany to stay grounded in her beliefs. I would tell 12-year-old Brittany yeah. to... And it's, I guess this piggies off of staying grounded in, in my beliefs because I would tell her to um, know who you are. Like now how I know who I am, like it, it doesn't yeah. matter. It, I didn't know about self-love. Yeah. So I, I would tell you, girl, love yourself. You know, you are worthy. Yeah. You are enough. I would tell 12-year-old Brittany yeah. that nothing all of this stuff doesn't matter right now like all of that 12 year old stuff it doesn't really matter to me right now because it took for you and for me it doesn't matter because i've healed and i've forgiven and i moved on and i'm sure there there was a lot of trauma and pain but because i my life is not focused yeah. and centered on it it took you asking me about it to recall it um but yeah, I would tell yeah. her to allow yourself grace. You know, yeah. we make mistakes and we're going to learn from the yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Be you, you know, be be grounded in your beliefs. Yeah. Know who you are. Love yourself, yeah. girl. That's what I would tell 12-year-old Brittany. 
But yes. for yes. 12-year-old listeners, everybody else, I think I have some experience in this because my daughter, like I said, she just turned 14. So I had a 12-year-old yeah. running around my house. Um, read, 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 read. Anything you could pick up, <laughs> anything that interests you, read. Give yourself that power. Read. Um, yeah. I would say drink water. Your yeah. water, drink your water, yeah, <laughs> drink your water, drink your water. Um, yeah. be you, be you. We, we get so lost in looking yes. at this person, looking at that person, yes. with you know, whatever. As a child, I think we should allow our children the space to just be who they are and figure it out and, and, yeah. and let go of some of the restrictions, like be be you yeah um yeah. and to the 12 year old listeners again yeah. i would stress self-love and self-forgiveness those were things that i was not taught as a child um and it's so and like i said i was raised in the church yeah. my whole life and i don't remember hearing i heard love love yeah. others love everybody but that self-love you know associated with being selfish um but it's not it's what you need and yeah. and again self-forgiveness i never yeah. learned about forgiving yourself and and you know about for having a toxic relationship with yourself and and that being a reflection of your other relationships with people so i would say forgive yourself and that goes with giving yourself grace so i, I would yeah. give any 12 year old in the world the same if i said i would give my 12 year old so yeah, so th that's good advice no matter what age we are. You know, read, drink your water, love yourself, give yourself forgiveness. Like those that's that's good advice no matter what age you are cuz I I think sometimes in like the purpose like even of this question is sometimes Well, that's because we have a function from the space of our 12-year-old self. Um because right, right, right. So it's just like for us to kind of like self-reflect on like what is I don't know you know because I've yet to do my research on this but I just feel like that 12-year-old space is like the pivotal moment um because it is like where you kind of leave I like, know in, in childhood um, in a sense in a black community to adulthood we do that because you know years. Jesus started <laughs> preaching at 12. So they're like, oh, you 12 now, you accountable. You know right from wrong. But, but the the, re the yeah. reality is, Kay, that we don't. Yes. We're still a child. And that's one thing that I advocate for. You asked me a question about, yes, you know, yes. the importance of having a political vo vo voice as a Black woman. You didn't ask me this verbally, but you said it in your um, email, your questions towards me. And beyond just having a political voice as a black woman yeah. your voice as a black woman i feel like is so important because we as black women we sometimes reach our peak at 12 our bodies sometimes look like adults at 12 at 13 and the world sexualizes us um teachers in yeah. school you know when if we have a petite Caucasian teacher yeah. or whatever you know they look at us as a threat uh, I feel that we're looked at and we're supposed to have yeah. all this responsibility 
and we're not given the time, the space to be a child. Yeah. Um, we're told you, you know right from wrong. Now you do not know. I am yeah. 35 years young and I am still learning right from wrong. So I feel that as black women, our political yeah. voice is important. Yeah. So we could make a platform for our our young girls to have their childhood to be little girls and then grow up um, and not rely on it. And, you know, it just happens because like I said, it's generational curses, but not rely on our younger girls to watch home, take care of siblings, be more responsible than when they, then they should be. People tell me all the time, Oh, you have your daughter so spoiled or she's, you know, 14 and she's not doing that. She's not, she's a child and I'm going to allow her to be a child. I'm still going to, you know, expose her to things yeah. and talk to her about things, but I'm not going to put an adult burden on her. Yeah, so I, that's how that's why it's important for me to use my political on voice her, as yeah. a black woman. Yeah. You know, besides, of course, my ancestors died for it, but you know, it's it's more than just voting. It's what are we going to do with that vote? Who yeah, are the people right. that, wanna, that we can vote for that can make these things happen for us? And yeah. having a political voice to make these platforms real for ourselves and bring these issues up for ourselves because I just feel like the plight of the Black woman in America is so tragic. Like you said, we reached that peak at 12, 13, 14 years old and we're looked at as adults yeah. when we're not. And that's why so many of us are stuck because again, as I said, once you have a, once you have an emotional violation at whatever age, and you don't heal past that, you're stuck in that trauma. You're tied to that trauma. Yeah. And for a lot of us, unfortunately, it's more familiar right. and more comfortable right. to hold on to it because that's all we know. We only know who we are in that because we haven't had that space to heal um so we have to recognize that so right that's so good and so true so true and i love that because it is we are stuck wherever the whatever age that trauma happened that generally no healing took place that's where we remain yeah so we could be 30 and stuck in stuck at the age of six we could be 50 stuck at the age of five like whatever that trauma occurred is where we we got stuck because there was no healing. Um, and I think too, like sometimes we we are not taught how to handle emotions, how to really handle trauma. So oh, for yeah. us, it's, oh, goodness. Oh, well, it happened. It stayed, what's it, what happens in this house stays in this house, but no one talked about it. So <laughs> it was just like, what it meant was no one's going to talk about it. And that's, that's kind of, it stays in that, but okay, well, it stayed with that what child. happens to that child that's dealing with the trauma? How do they deal with it? Because talking about it is not an option. Not talking about it is, or talking about it is not an option, but, but we're not, again, we don't, killing them. sometimes so, we're not, we can't do, be, do better until we're taught better. And we don't know, you know, better. In that in those moments, right, right. So again, like you said, what happens right. in this house stays in this house. What happens to that child stays with that child, you know. And, and we don't realize that, but we're. I think, yeah. 
us as a community, we're getting better with that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's the therapy and are. it's just the... We are. It's that know, therapy. I'll say <laughs> 20, the blessing of 2020, forcing us to be home with the families, forcing us to be with our loved ones, forcing us to have these conversations. Right. Talk that we, and forcing us to really, really forgive. Right, right. You have to forgive your parents. They, you know, you have to forgive your siblings. You have right. to. My mom and right. I was talking about this today. No one owes you anything, so why hold on to it? Let go of it to to release yourself. It's for you. Right. Yes, forgiveness is for you and not the other person. It's been said so many ways and so many times, and it's still true. <laughs> All right, Brittany. With pleasure. Can you tell us? Oh, so my favorite, favorite Bible scripture Bible has scripture. evolved and it, it it's changed. So <laughs> and it feeds to what season I'm in. So in this season, for about, ooh, I'll say yeah. a couple of months now since quarantine, it, it, it came to me. I've always, I had heard it before. And then during quarantine, it came through, yeah. came to me. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I got you, I got you. And then it came to me again through my Bible journaling. So for New Year, this was the scripture that was gifted, yeah. like, on my heart. And I call it a gift because it is a gift, and it's my blessing for this year. Philippians 4, yeah. 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. It's because it's mine. I've claimed it. I received it. I'm already grateful for it. It's mine. It's just for nothing. I'm like, that's my confidence right there. So that is my favorite Bible scripture in this season. Yeah. Well, I feel like final words for our listeners. I've said so much. Um, it's a lot to process. If I had to leave our listeners with anything, I would leave them with this dropping this little gem about claiming who you are. Um, yesterday I was reading the scripture where Jesus was telling the disciples, I am, do not fear. It was when Jesus was walking on water. And I said that, 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 that saying I am, those two words are so powerful. So don't be afraid to claim who you are and grab hold to that and state that and show up like that to the world, to yourself. I am, I, you know, I am. Set your I am statement, yeah. set your affirmations and work towards that. You, Everybody started somewhere. Yeah. So work towards your I am and remember that you, you are enough. Yes. Yes, perfect. Wow. Yes. That was actually a part of my devotional, I think, today. And it was a part of another one earlier this week I think it was and it was just those I am statements and like really just proclaiming um be I am and what you put after that is important um you know I am powerful 
and you know those are all it's all scriptural so right. taking those what does the scripture say about you and put in i am um so the scripture becomes personal like this is what christ has called you you know you're fearfully and wonderfully made i am fearfully and wonderfully made you know what i mean like really putting yourself within the scripture itself so i love i love that i love that um Brittany, thank you so thank you so for much. having i hope you enjoyed part two of my conversation with Brittany b as you can tell, she's a wealth of knowledge and just information. And I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And as always, her information is right in the show notes for you to be able to connect with her, find out more about her and her platform, and ask her any questions that you might have. And I just wanted to reiterate the, the scripture that she shared, which was Philippians 4 verse 6. Um, now I'm going to read the Amplified Version. And it says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. So I just love that that was the scripture that she shared that's, uh, that's resonating for this season. Um, and I think it's such a fitting scripture for, because we're all dealing with something, um, we're all, um, praying about something and petitioning God for something. Um, so it's quite comforting to know that not only is he listening, um, but if we can maintain a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of uh, faith uh, in the fact that he's heard our prayers, uh, that the answer is on its way, then we can live out a fulfilled life. So I pray that whatever you're petitioning God for, I, I stand in agreement that his will for your life is the ultimate thing that will come to fruition. Um, I stand in agreement that 2021 will not be another year of trials and tribulation, but will be a year of blessings. And I just thank you for your continual listenership. Um, I hope that you will continue to subscribe wherever you're listening, leave comments, uh, reach out via social media or email, um, I'm really enjoying the interactions um, with you. So I hope that you will continue to interact with me. Um, I want to get to know you and um, what this platform is doing for you. Is the information helpful? Is the information resonating with you? And as always, please continue to support the guests that are on this platform um, because I believe that they are here for a reason and they have so much wealth and wealth of wisdom um, that they're continuously sharing. And I, th I think all of them <laughs> that have come on have had the ability to let their love for God truly shine through that. I believe that everyone's able to kind of feel um, their love or their relationship with Christ. So again, thank you for listening to part two. Until next time, see ya. <laughs>